0: This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn.
1: Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 74 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, and stay healthy, make sure to check out OnTheBanks.com for all your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now listening to the episode is currently safe and healthy and stays safe and healthy. I am very excited for episode 74 of the podcast. On this episode, I will be joined by four great guests, all of whom are here representing four Rutgers Booster Clubs that support football, men's and women's basketball, and wrestling. Joining me is Martin Allen, president of the Touchdown Club, Bob Manfrey, president of the Cagers Club, Elliot Sachs, president of the Court Club, and David Bugin, president of the Scarlet Knights Wrestling Club. As you'll hear in our discussion coming up, joining any of these booster clubs is affordable, provides the Rutgers fans so many great benefits, and really introduces you to so many other Rutgers Athletics fans. And it was also great to hear from all four of them their favorite memories surrounding the four sports that their clubs help and support. And I think joining any of these booster clubs, it gives you, the fan, the opportunity to help support so many of our great student-athletes, both on and off the field, the mat, and the court one of the more important benefits of joining one of these clubs is I think joining a booster club like the court cagers touchdown or Scarlet night wrestling club. It provides fans who join with a real sense of closeness to the programs and it provides the fans with a spot in the teams behind the teams. Again, I want to thank all four for joining me on the podcast and I hope you enjoy our discussion and I hope our discussion helps push you the listener to hopefully joining one of these great booster clubs and helping to support the great student athletes that represent our university so well up first is the president of the rutgers touchdown club supporting coach chiano and the scarlet knights football team i am happy to be joined now by martin allen martin appreciate you coming on thanks so much for joining me
2: lance thank you very much for having me it's uh, great to be here and great to talk to you about this uh the the uh club in an extraordinary year and uh just want to start, and I'll probably end this way by uh, telling everybody how to join the club, because I think uh, that's always a good way to start. And go to rutgerstdclub.com/backslash/membership, and uh, and hope that everybody joins and 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 listens to us, and uh, we'll give you some good reasons, hopefully, for that, and as we talk through this.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. So, you know, Martin, I want to begin with the mission of the Touchdown Club, right? Obviously, an entity like it is designed to support the team, of course. But what do you as president, your board, your members, what do you aim to accomplish each season to help this program be the best it could be, both on and off the field?
2: So we are the largest booster club on for all sports at Rutgers. And I, I guess that's not extraordinary because football is probably... Uh, one of the more popular sports. I I know the court club has grown because of the success of uh, the men's basketball team over the last year, but uh, we we are uh, a a great organization. We're there for the football team. So as a club, uh, what we do is we uh, sponsor program needs. Uh, For example, a couple years ago, we sponsored and, and And helped uh, finance the Navy SEALs training for the players a couple uh, most recently there was social media training done for the players we have a uh, endowed scholarship fund uh, that uh, members support Uh, we uh, have membership meetings obviously with uh, coaches athletic staff players uh, on a regular basis, invitation-only special events, uh, we sponsor uh, membership discounted game bus trips, discounts uh, for various entities in the uh, New Brunswick Piscataway area, area when you're a member. We, we, we do a lot both for our members to get together as boosters with common social uh, 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 a common social need to be what you are, Rutgers football fans, and we do it with the resources that we're drawing upon, supporting the players and the team. Uh, that's that's our mission. Our mission is to be that booster club, uh, to get out the uh, the information. We have fifteen hundred and thirty eight followers. I checked this morning on Twitter. We have a presence on Facebook and other social media uh, venues. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a good place to be. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a good group of people to be together with and exchange thoughts about Rutgers football with, our, with each other and then also with uh, members of the team and members of the, uh, of the coaching staff over the years.
1: And, you know, I I know you mentioned how to join before, and you touched upon my next question in your last answer. But, you know, it's not just a, oh, here's my money taken to do with it, whatever with it. You provide so many benefits to your members. Do you want to go a little bit more in depth uh, on those and what members can, or potential future members can expect upon joining the club?
2: Sure. Um, Like I said, you know, number one thing here is we're a booster club. So, uh, although the members get certain benefits, uh, if there is any uh, margin, I don't want to use the word revenue stream or whatever, whatever the margin is, that goes to helping the, the players and the team. Um, but as to what members get, I mean, we like I said before, we, we, we historically have, and I'm going back to when Coach was coached, Uh, on his first go around. We have meetings with the coaches, the assistant coaches, the uh, staff members, the athletic staff. Uh, We've we've had more recently actual dinners. We call them barbecues with the players. Uh, And uh, these are exclusive events for members. We've had tours of the facilities, which, uh, which have gone over very well. It's just really neat to go through the Hale Center and and hopefully in the future we'll see the uh, build out of, of, of the new plans going forward and, and have those kind of facility tours. Uh, we, we have uh, game bus trips uh, where mem- their members exclusive uh, bus trips uh, although members can invite somebody to go along it's not open to the general public these are bus trips where we can get in the, in the bus have a good time do some tailgating at the away games and uh, be amongst other Rutgers fans, uh, free tickets to other uh, sporting events of Rutgers—you know, basketball, soccer, lacrosse, wrestling—all part of it. And we have discounts, like I said, with local uh, businesses that uh, you know that. But people will recognize the names uh, that they're getting uh, uh, those uh, uh, discounts from, and and it's it's a reasonable you know it's a reasonable membership fee. First member uh, fees, additional family members, we have a discount for faculty, and we have a discount for young alumni. Uh, Our meetings when they're in person have been catered, uh, and uh, people seem to like the food. (laughs) I hope uh, we get back to that. Now, uh, obviously with uh, corona and everything, we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out until we get together in person again.
1: And, you know, that was kind of going to be my next question. Obviously, we're living in a crazy world, and every organization, no matter what they support, no matter what they're for, has had to adjust. How has the Touchdown Club adjusted to really everything going on? You know, obviously, if someone were to join now, their experience would be different than if they joined before last season, just simply because of the world we're living in. How has the club adjusted to continue its mission while also providing members the benefits of being a part of the organization?
2: Well, obviously, the coronavirus, because of uh, social distancing and uh, the need to limit me- uh, people being together in one spot and also limit in- in, uh, inside events, has made it a little difficult for all organizations, including the Touchdown Club. Uh, we-, we did have a large uh, um Event scheduled for the spring game. We were going to have a nice auction at that time. We were all ready to go. Uh, we had set up an area to go with. Um, we presently have a ticket raffle running for uh, the, um, the 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 uh, club seats, and we've had that for years. Uh, we're still running it. Uh, we have a license for it. We'll have to see how that plays out and how we're going to adjust that. Um, as to uh, team barbecues and in-person meetings, uh, we're again—it's it's something that we're going to have to respect the virus and respect the limitations that we we have. But as to membership meetings, um, I'm hoping, and and I think that now with Coach and 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 his staff, I think they're very. They're, there seems to be a hint of of real openness to having virtual meetings, somewhat almost like webinar meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we spoke to the uh, prior coaching staff about this. There initially was some desire. I think it actually opens up a great opportunity. I know we have uh, fans of Rutgers and alumni throughout the country who want to be able to participate and really take advantage of, of the meetings And I think if we step now, and and I I think we will, into a virtual, remote, almost webinar uh, event for membership meetings, we're going to see more participation, more members, and uh, the ability to really grow the club that will hopefully last and continue well beyond the effects of the virus. Um, So uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, And uh, what... I'm hoping is that someday we'll have uh, those webinar-like virtual meetings uh, um, at the same time concurrently with um, in-person, small, you know, local meetings uh, so that we can uh, stretch out the membership and, and everybody can enjoy and have the interaction with coaches and assistant coaches and staff members that we, do, we have historically had.
1: So, Martin, let's talk a little Rutgers football before I let you go. Obviously, Coach Chiano is back. I know you're excited about that, as am I, and I'm sure as are most Rutgers fans. Take me back to late November when we all found out. What was your initial reaction upon hearing of Coach's return?
2: Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was difficult in the sense that you, when when you're the head of an or, a booster club for any sport at any uh school you have to politically be in the right place at the <laughs> right time if you know what I mean so on the one hand you kind of stay off social media <laughs> you talk to your friends and then you make sure that uh, your excitement is 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 kept under wraps uh until the time that you can jump up and down and cheer I was very, very, very excited by, by coach coming back. I, I think Coach Yano was the right pick from the beginning, but I, I had to really keep the powder dry amongst <laughs> members and everybody while everything was going around because uh, we're a club. We're, we're, we're not, I mean, uh, the, the, the wrestling uh, club uh, is, is, a, is a separate entity, but we're a club and we're, we're under the arm of the foundation and the university. And while the board are all uh, volunteers, and take my word for it, we all have opinions. Uh, we had really, like I said, keep the powder dry, but I was jumping up and down in that. And when we had, um, when, when coach came into the Hale Center and we were, we, we were invited to be outside with signs and cheering, I got to shake the coach's hand. and. And I was uh, definitely leading the cheer, <laughs> coming in, coming in, and it was, it was sort of like I had to hold it in for all that, for for, for 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 that whole time, and, and you know, and having people saying, well, "Well, who do you think? Who who do you think should be coach?" <laughs> and I just kind of was biting my tongue and and and, and, baiting, and, and, and waiting and waiting and and and, and uh, seeing what was going to happen. But uh, I was very excited, and I am very excited. And um, I, I I always think of uh, the coach. Coach gave an interview. I think it was to Sports to Sports Illustrated. And I think it's something that if uh, your listeners have never have never read it, and I'm trying to actually get my hand on it. It's called "Gotta Coach Somebody." And, uh, and, you know, I hate to give a plug to another uh, <laughs> uh, entity here, but it goes back to, two th- to November 4th, of 2014 in Sports Illustrated. And, you know, I think his coach says it all in there. He talks about, you know, what the changes were. And, and obviously, that's back in 2014. Uh, but uh, he's a new man with the experience, excitement, and energy of the man who brought on Chop and the Block R. So I don't think we could have picked anybody better to come back home and coach the team.
1: And look, Martin, you've been a fan of the program for a long time. Take me back to one or two of your favorite memories of Rutgers football. You know, give me a few moments that really stick out to you or a few wins that you'll always remember.
2: Well, obviously everybody will remember the Louisville game, and I was there, and I was there with my late... uh, 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 father-in-law and uh it just was enormously exciting i remember sitting in my office during the day and, and, and actually the night before hearing about coach yada delivering pizzas to the kids uh to the students and 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 just the excitement of being there and, and the other game is the south florida game the following year it's just was it just was magnificent we just had such a good time and uh I actually really, you know, I, I wish we could. I don't know if we ever will, but I actually enjoyed some of the academy games uh, and and uh, the, the excitement leading up to the to some of the academy games. With, you know, Coach Yano talking about how special and how unusual it is to, to play the uh, service academy. So I, I, I thought those games were, were always a special thing, and I don't know if we'll ever get back to doing it again because it's always dangerous. And uh, unpredictable what you face, but uh, you know, uh, those are just a couple things that I think of. You know, those couple games and, and, and those those, uh, those those events. Um,
1: you know, Martin, I'll let you go on this one. You know, what's your message to the fan who is kind of on the fence about joining the Touchdown Club? Someone going back and forth. What would you say to them? Why should they become a member of the Touchdown Club?
2: This is an organization where you can be in a room of other fans of Rutgers football, an organization where you know that you get to talk about everything that has to do with Rutgers football. These are people who have likes, and dislikes, and will debate and be honest. And what's really great, and has always been great, going from every coach that I've uh, been a member of the club under is that the staff and, and and this goes back to coach Iano's original uh, years there and, and before the staff comes in and it's sort of like uh, what what what's said at the club stays at the club and and it's actually really neat to actually sit down and have that honest conversation with assistant coaches, with the athletic department and with uh, with the coach and staff. So I really encourage everybody to go to RutgersTDClub.com, backslash membership, uh, join up. I, I say this again and again on Twitter, because I run the Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. I mean, people meet me, and I, I don't want to tell them how old I am, because I'm running a Twitter account. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I run the Twitter account. We have 1,538 followers on Twitter. I wish I had 1,538 followers who were members I would I would be overjoyed because what we do and uh, it's very important and it's gonna be very important this year no matter what happens with the Big Ten or what happens with football the NCAA and college football this year we want to make sure that this program is successful become a member we're gonna do everything we can to help the program with funds revenue and help them build what they need to build and be a successful championship program because I believe in the coach. We just gotta keep on chopping. We're gonna be national champions.
1: Martin Allen, president of the Rutgers Touchdown Club. Martin, I really appreciate the time. Stay safe, and and of course, most importantly, stay healthy, my friend. And once again, thank you so
2: much for joining me on the podcast. Lance, thank you very much for the time. I greatly appreciate it. Go Rutgers. Chop, guys.
1: Our next guest on episode 74 of the On the Banks podcast is the president of the Rutgers Court Club, Elliot Sachs. Elliot, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you so much, Lance, for having me on.
1: So, Elliot, I'd love to start with diving into the purpose and mission of the Court Club. Obviously, the organization's goal is to support the student-athletes and the program as a whole, but can you go further into the mission of the club and how you, the board, and the members look to achieve your goals so you can help the program be the best it could on and off the court?
3: Absolutely. So the main purpose of the Court Club is to support men's basketball, and when I say support, I'm talking about a financial commitment to the uh, men's basketball program, what we like to call uh, funding Coach Peichel's passion projects. So there's a you know occasion where uh, the basketball program may want to purchase something, might not be in the budget, and the court club is there to help from a financial standpoint so that the coaching staff and the basketball program can purchase those types of things. If I can uh, let you know, uh, just this past season, uh, the court club has uh, donated a record $37,300 to the men's basketball program. And with that money, the basketball program purchased a, a golf cart, and it's not just a golf cart, it looks like it's about a eight-seat golf cart that they can use uh, around the Livingston campus to drive, for example, recruits, Or uh, recruits and families or any other transportation needs that the program may need around the Livingston campus so that's really the mission of the core club is to support the basketball program with a financial commitment
1: and how could someone go about joining the club how can they become a part of the organization if they wish to you know join in uh, supporting the men's basketball program
3: yes uh, so uh, what you could do is uh, we have a website RutgersCourtClub.com and in, uh, on that website there is a tab for membership and uh, you could go uh, under the membership tab and just follow the instructions there. If there are any questions, you could also email the court club at RutgersCourtClub at AOL.com. Those are the uh, two primary uh, methods that you could use to get a hold of the court club and to join the court club. Uh, just also want to let you know that we also have a social media presence. Uh, Facebook is at Rutgers Court Club. Twitter is at Our Court Club. And uh, like I mentioned, our website is RutgersCourtClub.com.
1: And so, Elliot, in terms of membership experience, which look, is so different because of everything going yeah. on in society than it would be if you know none of this was happening what can fans expect when they join especially you know as we look towards the 2020 2021 year what benefits can they look forward to as members
3: yeah that's that's a great question uh lance and uh you know so as a board we're looking at things from uh, a traditional point of view where we would have insight on-site meetings we're also taking a look at virtual uh the way it looks now we're here in the middle of august it looks like uh we're going to be going in the virtual route and uh, what we're going to try to do is maintain all the benefits that we've uh, provided to our members in the past uh so our meetings look like they're going to be uh virtual and so there's some negatives and positives on the positive side you know we'll be able to broaden the uh, guests that we've had at our meetings even in the past we've had to have people on site with a virtual situation we'll be able to have past players alumni past coaches uh, people prominent guests uh, of college basketball will be able to incorporate into our meetings so we're really excited about you know expanding the uh the the guest list, if you will, uh, of people that'll be speaking to us, uh, at court club meetings. Um, so, uh, that's, that's very exciting. Again, I think the main, uh, benefit of the court club are, is the meetings. Uh, coach Paykel, uh, regularly, uh, comes to our meetings. Also, we've had uh, several of the assistant coaches, uh, stop by and speak to us as well. So that's something, that you could uh, continue to expect. We're also gonna look at, you know, we've had um, in the past open practices and tours of the rack locker rooms and the uh, practice facility. We're gonna try to do that again this year, obviously, uh, virtually, we're, you know, still working on that. Um, every year, uh, we have an annual auction. We're looking at ways to do that virtually this year. So, uh, again, you um, the board is working hard right now. We don't have a lot in the way of an announcement right now, but I think in the next four to six weeks, we'll be able to roll out uh, you know, the plan for 2020, 2021. And obviously we're gonna keep everybody updated on the website
1: so now let's talk some markers basketball and what a season it was last year a 21 season the rack really woke up and exploded every single home game so many sellouts a team that without a doubt would have been to the ncaa tournament as you look back on last year what moments of the season besides really the entire time what moments of the season really excited you and what are you most looking forward to whenever next season does eventually happen
3: Yeah, wow. Last season was so incredible, and it was so much fun. You know, it was really fun to root for this team. We all saw the same thing, a team that went out there and just refused to give up. They just fought and fought and and fought for everything, and it was just so much fun to watch Coach Peichel and and the team. So to answer your question, I think, you know, the first moment that we'll all think of uh, with last season, which was so exciting, was the Seton Hall game uh back in december how the team came out just from the opening uh tip off right through that whole first 10 or 15 minutes of that game which is totally wiped them out of the uh, building uh i think the next thing that was so exciting about last year was you know as the season progressed was keeping the undefeated season at the rack and uh You know, it it was all the way until mid-February that uh, every game at the rack was a win. And then, uh, again, that final home game, senior night, was so exciting uh, to send the seniors off with that big win against Maryland, which I think a lot of people figured at that point, you know, Rutgers had clinched or, you know, punched their ticket, so to speak, to the NCAA tournament. And then just, uh, you know, the win at Purdue that following game, on that Saturday afternoon uh, in overtime was just like the cherry on top that we were definitely going to be going to the tournament uh, last season.
1: And you know as you look back during your time as a fan all, all these years what are a couple of Rutgers basketball memories that you really cherish you know ones that you hold close to you and moments that really stand out during your time?
3: Yeah well I, I go way back to Lance uh, I think uh, one of my favorite definitely my favorite Rutgers memory was the uh march of 1989 the uh win over penn state that got us to the ncaa tournament the 88-89 season uh you know there were not high expectations coach wenzel was just coming in it was his first season and it just seemed that i I believe if i'm correct we were like six and twelve somewhere in the early mid part of january and went on a big run won a whole bunch of games and then uh Fortunately, we were able to host Penn State in the uh, Atlantic 10 championship game at the rack. That might have been the loudest I've ever heard the rack. So that one definitely is a big one. Uh, and I think just this last season was just so much fun, every single game. But uh, again, like I, I mentioned, the, the highlights were the Seton Hall game and the Maryland game at the end of the season.
1: So, Elliot, last one, last one from me. For those right now that are thinking about joining the core club and supporting the men's basketball program but might be on the fence, what's your message to them as to why they should take that next step and ultimately join the club and help support both the uh, program overall and, of course, the student-athletes in it?
3: Absolutely. A great question. So uh, I think anybody who's watched our team and watched Coach Peichel, what he has taken, what he inherited – in the first four seasons and where he's taken the program to, you know, it's never too late to jump on the bandwagon. And, uh, you know, we're right now we're at where we're an NCAA quality team. And, uh, you know, I think we can all agree we're at this point, we're a top half of the big 10 type of team. And I think at this point, you know, it's the question is how high up the ladder can we go? Uh, you know, the, the coach Michael is obviously, Uh, done a great job recruiting brought in top shelf not only top shelf players but top shelf kids and these kids want to work hard they want to get better and so at this point I think it's a really good time to jump on the bandwagon go to Rutgerscourtclub.com join join our club and uh, I think you'll really enjoy interacting with other uh, men's basketball fans as well as uh, our coaching staff and players
1: president of the Rutgers Court Club, Elliot Sachs. Elliot, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for the time. And of course, especially in this time right now, most importantly, stay safe and, and stay healthy.
3: Thanks, Lance. And to you and and your listeners as well. Stay safe and be well.
1: Next up on episode 74 of the OTB podcast is the president of the Scarlet Knights Wrestling Club, David Bugin. David, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and joining me today.
0: Oh, Lance, it's a pleasure, and it's kind that you say I'm the president, but really the SKWC is, is run by a, an outstanding board and an executive committee that um, are really some of the best graduates and some of the best fans of, of Rutgers that really do a lot for the student-athletes and for growing the their wrestling community. So it's, it's really a combination of things. Um, really led by coach fidel and i've just been fortunate to be in the role of a president for a while and um but it's it's really a lot of great people that have done a lot of good things
1: so let's talk about the skwc you know i i want to talk about the mission of it now obviously the goal is to support the team and the student athletes but how does the club go about reaching that goal and helping the program be the best that it could be both on and off the mat
0: well the um the SKWC is a 501c3 child organization and our mission is to grow amateur wrestling in New Jersey and with COVID and all the changes that have occurred um, um, Scott has given us really five things to focus on this year and number one is to grow the SKWC and the Rutgers wrestling family and I think we all recognize over the last Uh, five or six years, it has really grown. I mean, last year we were number four in attendance. We have one of the best environments um, for collegiate wrestling in the country, and we really reach out in all areas. And Jason Newcomb, who heads our social committees, uh, has just done a great job connecting Rutgers fans and general wrestling fans. And one thing that really shows that is last year we had a social during the big 10 where we sold out the Rutgers, the Rutgers club. And there was over 300 New Jersey and Rutgers wrestling fans there. And we were all watching the Rutgers Purdue basketball game on a series of TVs. And when we won that, we got so excited and it's just bringing the whole family together and all Rutgers sports fans. The second mission. The second real focus is mentoring. Our real focus is not the five or six years the kids have in college, but to make sure they succeed for the next 60 years in life. And the mentoring program is really headed by Josh Gross, who was the original founder of the SKWC. And really over the last five years, more than 20 of our guys have gotten, the SKWC has gotten them jobs. Everywhere from Wall Street to ADP, to technology companies, to teaching, to law enforcement, to healthcare, to coaching, to helping some guys get into grad school, and it's it's really been an amazing thing. And and one of the most things we were proud about last year was the team got their best GPA ever, over a 3.0, and and that had a lot to do with the coaches, the mentors but really most importantly, Scott Walker, who was the academic advisor. So mentoring and helping these kids succeed is wrestling is really an amateur sport, and no one is going to become a professional wrestler, so these kids really focus on their future. The third thing is to carry out our mission to advance amateur wrestling in New Jersey, and that is done through high school clinics, summer camps, Coaches clinics were with the coaches put on clinics for the high school coaches Preseason clinics for wrestlers as well as general community service By our our team to show leadership throughout New Jersey and they volunteer at Facilities for the autistic embrace kids cleaning up new Brunswick blood drives Jordan Pagano even went to um, Jamaica to deliver shoes for soles on shoes their souls on souls where kids may have, young kids may have a size 7 foot and they only have a size 2 shoe. So it's really giving back, but developing clinics around the state and with the um, SKWC Youth Club. Clearly that's been affected this year by COVID and one-on-one um, inability to do one-on-one clinics. Or, but we're going to do some of it through Zoom. We have to work on that that we, um, we employ resident athletes and coaches. Um, unique to the SKWC, we pay some of the coaches on our staff. Joe Pollard, who's the Director of Operations, who also runs the youth clinics. Kyle Kiss, who is our Director of Recruiting. Kyle was in the, a star New Jersey athlete, um, went to the University of North Carolina, then coached in North Carolina and was the associate head coach at Clarion. And last year he came back to, um, um, to the SKWC to be the Rutgers director of recruiting. And we've already seen the impact of Kyle when we've gotten um, Boone McDermott, who may or may not be Colucci this year, but he was a national um, junior college champ. He was a state champ in Iowa, and he has three years of um, eligibility here. And Kyle really was the one who connected with him initially. Um, And then we pay the resident athletes like Anthony Ashnell. Um, We're so fortunate that we had some donors step up. The Shimanoviches did a great job in helping to sponsor Anthony Ashnell because Anthony had a number of opportunities to go around the country. but at least we were able to make a competitive offer to keep him in New Jersey. We also have Ethan Ramos, who was the New Jersey state champ and All-American in college, and a member of the Puerto Rican Olympic team that wrestles with the upper weights. And then we have Kamal, the tag Kamal is from Central Asia, and he really works out with our the lighter the weights, guys like Soriano, um, hopefully, Sebas, um, Alvarez, Aguiar, Robinson. And these guys that we pay um, can train with the eligible rest, the eligible wrestlers that meet certain criteria of USA Wrestling. Um, and they go on to try to make world teams and Olympic teams. Last year, we had two of our athletes on the U.S. world team. So 20, I'm sorry, um, four. Um, 20% of the U.S. world team was represented by SKWC athletes. And finally, our final step is, unfortunately, is fundraising. Um, you know, and it's really tough in this environment. And as I indicated, we have to pay five coaches. Um, the SKWC, as recently as two years ago, made a $20,000 donation to Rutgers, so our directors wrestlers can go to summer school. Uh, Unfortunately not all the wrestlers can get academic aid to go to summer school and it's really critical for these guys to um, advance their academics, stay around campus, um, take some courses that they're really interested in. Um, So we, we do a lot of fundraising and what's really unique is that one can join and help the SKWC in so many different manners consistent with one's financial circumstances. From joining the SKWC for as little as twenty $25, a lot of grammar school kids and young kids join that and they get involved, all the way up to the level of sponsorships and large impactful donations when donors can travel with the team on away trips and, and things like that, and really to help us to build an endowment so we can continue this long term and be more competitive with the traditional schools like Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Minnesota that have substantial um, clubs and a, a lot of money in the bank. So we have a lot of different activities that connect our members and um, people are really passionate about you know supporting our guys. Those are the five things that we really focus on and we will be focusing on this year.
1: And, you know, look, in a normal non-pandemic world, I'm sure there are various benefits that members get for joining the club and supporting the wrestling program, as I believe you mentioned um, a couple minutes ago. What can fans expect once they become members, and what kind of benefits can they look forward to upon joining?
0: Well, I mean, it, it's it's a range of benefits they can have. Again, it depends on their level of contribution. Private meals with the coaches, group meals with the coaches,
2: um,
0: social travel with the team, um, special gear, the Boom Club gear, um, newsletters, um, visits to watch practice. This year we're going to do Zoom calls and we're going to do Zoom training calls. Um, so there's a lot of different things. But what the fans really enjoy is connecting with each other and, and making friends Um which some of these friendships become really lifelong friendships. They meet other Rutgers alumni, other wrestling fans, other Rutgers fans, and they do socials. I mean, we had a casino night. We had this year planned, um, you know, special dinners, um, which we couldn't do. We have socials at the New Jersey shore. We have gatherings, um, at national tournaments, um, when appropriate, and if there's enough interest, a group we can take a bus to to um, a match. So there's a lot of different things that we really want to appeal to everyone's needs um, in financial circumstances. But there's a benefit for everyone. Even if you join the club at twenty five dollars, you get some gear and you get a T-shirt, and everybody gets the newsletter. And this year, when we do Zoom meetings, we expect to have live um, Q and A with some of the coaches and um, and some of the graduate wrestlers that are now giving back. I mean, it's really unique. There's about six or seven former wrestlers that are coaching either in high school or college. I mean, Harry Turner, who was a resident athlete, was the head coach at New Jersey City University. Um, Billy Ashton is coaching, head coach at CBA. Billy Smith is up at High Point. Um, Joey is at East Brunswick. Um, Pafumi's at St. Peter's. Um, Nick is coaching part-time at New Jersey City University. I mean, it goes on and on. And so they get a connection. And when they have these socials at the shore, you know, you meet other fans.
1: So, David, let's talk some Rutgers wrestling. This program under Coach Goodell has obviously reached new heights, you know, top 10 NCAA finish, uh, national champions. And now as we look towards the 2020-2021 season, of course, hoping that there is one, what are you most looking forward to seeing as Coach really has this program and various weight classes primed for more national title runs?
0: I think this is going to be the most exciting season ever on the banks. I mean, first of all, we bring back Seven kids that were freshmen last year that wrestled varsity for the first time, plus two, um, Blue Lock and canard that were really high school phenoms. and they redshirted last year, as well as a couple other redshirts. Um, and we have, you know, a projected lineup that's really a killer lineup. I mean, what we have is it, with Nick Soriano back, a national champ, Seabass, the, um, Top-ranked kid in his weight class last year. Um, Aguiar coming back after uh, honorable mention All-American. I mean, that's a pretty good lineup to start out with. And then um, the 149, I'm not sure. We got like four really good contenders. Vulak who was, you know, a a tremendously recruited, highly recruited high school wrestler, undefeated from Pennsylvania. We have Gerard Angelo back. We have Santos back. Cody Harrison, who was a really good wrestler of Phelpsburg. Then you go up the lineup, and where we're we going to be at 57 with Brenner and Van Brill and Glasgow, and another great kid from Northampton. Um, at 90, Next, we have Downer. Downer had a really surprisingly, really good year last year, and Kennard might be there. And then at 74, you know, we've got Joe Growell, but we don't want to forget that we have, um, you know, Connor O'Neill, a freshman, coming in, um, Jackson Turley, who um, was really exciting last year as a freshman, and Anthony Oliveri, who stepped in at a number of weight classes. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, Posnanski, who was um, probably the second-best kid in the country in his weight class and undefeated last year basically pinned his way through the state tournament um, is really exciting um, Billy Janser who had some great wins over highly ranked kids last year as a freshman will be up probably at 97 and he'll have some good competition and who knows what's going to be at, at heavyweight I mean we got Boom McDermott Kirsten Colucci is actually coming back from uh, a year um, injury and he definitely would have qualified for the national tournament and Alex Esposito who was a tremendous surprise last year at heavyweight, stepping in for Christian and got and some some really mess um, pins. So we really have a lot of guys that are back. they walk out to clearly be healthy and the um you know who knows what the um, the schedule will be, but I imagine it's going to be a lot of, um, big 10 competition so these guys are really going to be tested but it's a young team with some really outstanding veterans and I think the um, the example that Nick Soriano and you know his work ethic and how he's overcome adversity and his passion and the same thing with Sebas. I mean we saw his passion at the big 10 tournament it's really going to make it an exciting season.
1: And, you know, as you look back for as long as you've been a fan of the program, what are some of your favorite Rutgers wrestling memories and some moments that really stand out to you and that you remember well?
0: Wow, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> but Lance, if, if, if I had a name, one, um, because it had an impact more than wrestling. It had an impact on New Jersey and the entire Rutgers community. And that is when Nick Dean Anthony won national championships in the same year that brought more pride to new jersey and more pride to rutgers than almost anything in my memory and what that represented first of all was a culmination of really hard work i mean both of them you can't find two harder workers you can't find two kids that have more passion for wrestling and two kids that have overcome adversity nick had injuries. Anthony had injuries and their persistence their hard work their leadership by example um, really brought pride to New Jersey I remember the day after that tournament um, Robin Roberts was on national television and she had a video of those two guys winning and she said back in the day my sister was an english major at rutgers and then when they were on times square in the big billboard the rutgers billboard in times square and these guys rode to the zamboni and when you looked at where were the most clicks and anything rutgers related that year it was nick and anthony and you would meet people that all of a sudden didn't know anything about wrestling but had rutgers pride and and saw Rutgers coming back and it was like unbelievable and they represented Rutgers hard work, passion, overcoming adversity and Nick and Anthony did more for Rutgers much less wrestling than almost anybody in many years And, um, and clearly they were led by the coaches that did this and the coaches had to work different ways with Nick and different ways with Anthony and developing them, um, what they did was, was really brought pride. So to me, without a doubt, the national championship, but even more important, bringing pride to New Jersey and pride to Rutgers was my favorite moment.
1: David, last one for me. So for Rutgers wrestling fans that are on the fence about joining the SKWC, what's your message to them about why they should become members and why they should help support the program and its athletes both on and off the mat?
0: Well, first of all, it's tax deductible. We're the only organization, really the only sport that has to raise money to pay for our coaches or partially our coaches and pay for resident athletes. And if you want first-hand information, and to get the excitement of Rutgers Wrestling and to meet like minded people, to meet wrestling fans, to meet Rutgers fans, this is the place to do it. And if you have the ability to mentor kids or you have internship opportunities, you're really going to get your first hand on some really great kids. I think we have to recognize that wrestling, of all sports in college, as the most first-generation students. and So the opportunities that we're giving kids is unbelievable. And the second thing you want to recognize is you look at all, and Forbes did a study of all corporate CEOs, and more of them wrestled in their life than played any other sport. So if you want to if you have jobs or opportunities or just want to meet kids that are hardworking, that are committed, that appreciate every opportunity they have this is a place to be involved and it's really a place for all wrestling fans Rutgers and just New Jersey wrestling fans alike to, to celebrate some real success and real pride
1: the president of the Scarlet Knights wrestling club David Bugin David appreciate the time thank you so much for joining me today of course most importantly stay safe and stay healthy
0: thank you Lance and same to you
1: To finish out episode 74 of the On the Banks podcast, I am very excited to be joined by the president of the Rutgers Cagers Club supporting the Rutgers women's basketball team, Bob Manfred. Bob, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me.
4: Pleasure to be here, Lance.
1: So, Bob, I'd love to start with diving into the purpose and the mission of the Cagers Club. You know, look, obviously the organization's goal is to support the student athletes and the program as a whole, but can you go further into the mission of the club and how you, the board, and the members look to achieve your goals so you can help the program be the best it can be, both on and off the court?
4: Sure. Well, as, as many know, but maybe not everyone, the club is actually 41 years old. It was actually formed back in 1979, and it was called the Cagers Club then, so we've had the same name for all these years. And, you know, it's, it's an expression often used, but we are really the team behind the team. And we, as a club, do all we can to enhance, really, the fan experience for supporters of Rutgers women's basketball. Um, we also, via social media, we always support our players. As, as, as you know, many of them are on social media these days. We support them in all that they do, whether it's on the court, uh, their achievements on the court, or their academic achievements off the court. Many of our club members, including myself, actually sp- uh, are sponsor scholarships for the players uh, to help with their education. Um, mine this past year or past couple of years, was Tyler Scaife, and when Tyler graduated, I uh, became a scholarship uh, donor for um, Zippy Broughton. And so we really not only support them on the court, but we support them off of, off the court in their academic achievements.
1: And as Rutgers women's basketball fans, if they're listening to the podcast um, and they want to get involved, how can someone go about joining the Cagers Club? How can they become a part of this organization to help um, better women's basketball?
4: Sure. Um, we have our own website, which is www.cagersclub.com. And we also have our Facebook page at Cagers Club. And we're very active in social media on Facebook uh, in addition to our own uh, webpage, as I mentioned. Uh, on the um, It's mentioned on the Facebook page, but there's an actual link to the form that you can access on our website, cagesclub.com, And uh, the form is usually updated around this time of year. Uh, with the current pandemic, we haven't updated for the upcoming season because we don't know the status of the upcoming season yet. But generally, there is not many changes made from year to year. So if one wanted to join the cages for the upcoming year, you would be able to download even last year's form and, and all the information is on the form as to where to send your check um, and uh, the post office boxes send it to and, and, ha- and how to join. And that's how you kick start getting started as a Cager Club member.
1: And, you know, you mentioned it, right? There's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, going into next season for every sport, you know, in college athletics, not just women's basketball. And in terms of membership experience, I feel like it's so different now, or at least for this upcoming season, than it would have been last season just because of everything going on. What can fans expect when they join, both if they would have joined last season, if they would to join this coming season, what benefits can they look forward to as members of the Cagers Club?
4: Well, as members of the Cagers Club, there, there's a few uh, highlights I wanted to point out. Number one, during a, a normal year, during a normal season, beginning uh, in usually in November and one each month, we have what are called teacher club huddles. And these are actually uh, all members are invited to attend uh, for either a lunch or sometimes even a breakfast, depending upon the time of a home game. And these are conducted and held in the uh, Athletic Performance Center, the R.W. Barnabas Health Athletic Performance Center, which, as you know, opened up last season, the beginning of last season. And each month at one of these huddles, uh, we have either a member of the coaching staff give us a uh, kind of a chalk talk of the opponent that day, or we'll, we will have one of the trainers talk about what's involved in uh, his or her job in terms of taking care of the health of the staff members. We've had the strength and conditioning coach talk to us. Um, so we, we try to make it, we try to go behind the scenes uh, either in terms of what the coaches have to say about an opponent that day or what these women actually and these athletes actually go through behind the scenes to prepare for a game. Um, also, we give updates at the huddles on road trips. Now, it was really nice when we were in the Big East because I actually, being a cage member for a long time, used to be in charge of uh, travel to road games. And so when we were in the Big East, obviously games to – Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall. There were many per year. Now, because of logistically, uh, we run road trips normally only to Penn State and to Maryland because uh, those are reachable by bus. Um, And also at the huddles, we have an opportunity for all of our members to bid on RU Athletic Gear, the proceeds going to the Cagers Club. And the Cagers Club, by the way, I should mention, also supports an endowed scholarship for a player each year. But I think most importantly at these huddles, um, you get a chance to meet other people who are passionate about women's basketball, not only Rutgers women's basketball, but generally, you know, collegiate uh, women's basketball, uh, both in and out of the Big Ten. Um, Other benefits include uh, Scarlet Fever, as well as the bookstore give a, a percent discount on any of the clothing uh in their stores to member to cager members so those are some of the benefits that we enjoy
1: so bob let's talk about some Rutgers women's basketball now it was a very fun season last year uh some big wins notably one that comes to mind for me is that home win against iowa towards the tail end of the year the women were look they were definitely headed back to the ncaa tournament had it happened what really excited you about the team last year and what are you most looking forward to next season whenever that next season does end up happening
4: so, I mean, last season was just tremendous. I mean, we had 22 wins overall, we were 14 and two at the rack at home, which really was the best home record in 10 years since 2010, 2011. As many know, we won the Junkanoo jam championship uh, in the Bahamas. That was a nice uh, two game tournament, but we came with a win uh, we placed. At, uh, in fifth place in the Big Ten overall, which is a very, very tough conference, as you know. We ended the season with a nationally ranked defense. Of course, that's one of Coach Stringer's, you know, uh, fortes, his defense. And, of course, we had an All-American and the, and the Big Ten scoring champion in Arella Garantes. So last season was just brilliant. And, of course, as we all know, it ended with a thud, not because of anybody on the team or the coaching staff but because of the pandemic, you know, they were guaranteed to go to the NCAA tournament. And we were all disappointed that that didn't happen. Now, looking forward to this season, although we're gonna miss the departures of three of our seniors, point guard KK Sanders, our post player, Jordan Wallace, and our three-point specialist, Danielle Migliori. we've recruited very well. The coaching staff, I gotta give them kudos, recruiting really a, a great class coming in, eighth ranked in the nation including an outstanding freshman point guard from Philly named Diamond Johnson. Um, We've got a a number of big post players coming in um, without going into all the names, 6'3", 6'4", and we've just got a recruit to join from Senegal, who's actually 6'6", in stature. So our post uh, presence will be much more prominent this season, and uh, with a great point guard coming in to take KK's place, We're really looking forward to this upcoming season.
1: And you know, you mentioned her before, and look, to me, she was the Big Ten Player of the Year. I know she wasn't voted it, but I think she should have won. Aurelia Garantis is returning as well. So when you have someone with her talent, her ability to score, and of course, her experience over these last couple of years with with Coach Stringer, I mean, she's just, you know, it's just icing on the cake then. You're looking at a team that I, I believe will more than likely enter the season in the top 25 and should make some serious noise nationally.
4: I think we will. I think we will make a, a, a big dent in the big 10 this year. I think, you know, top three, uh, probably preseason ranking would be my guess. Uh, Arella is just, she's a powerhouse. She's a gym rat. She wants to make herself better, better and better. Obviously she has aspirations down the road to become a pro. And, and I think we'll become a very really good pro at that. Um, But what I see most in Arella, and I've noticed this myself, she passes down her knowledge to the underclassmen. She really helps them understand what it will take to become uh, uh, excellent at your craft, okay? And I think that that, through osmosis or just seeing it, uh, the underclassmen can see this. One example would be Takia Mack, you know, uh, I think seeing Arella play like she has played has helped um game uh, tremendously, especially on defense. I mean, Arella is just a, a prime example. Uh, you know, uh, Arella made some shots this year that I called, and this is not going to be any surprise, Cappy-esque, if you know what I'm saying. Obviously, speaking about Cappy mm-hmm. Pondexter, yep. who is one of the all-time greats. Um, she just played outstanding we were so overjoyed when we when she made her decision to come back for her fifth year, um, because we know she could have, you know, declared for the draft and been drafted by the WNBA or went to Europe or whatever. But we were so glad she She decided to come back and improve even, I think, even more. Uh, it's just going to be an outstanding year with Arella at the helm
1: and look bob as you look back during your time as a fan what are a couple of Rutgers women's basketball memories that you really cherish you know ones that you hold close to you and moments that really stand out during your time as a fan
4: you know my late wife and i we became fans in back in 2001 uh and and it's an interesting story uh a good friend of mine uh who was a basketball coach in high school uh out of high school in new jersey asked me one day if we were interested in tickets to a Rutgers UConn game at the rack. Now Rutgers at the time I lived in New Jersey. Now I'm in Pennsylvania, but at the time we Rutgers was 20 minutes from our house. And although neither one of us graduated from Rutgers, we decided, yeah, let's go to the game. Well, this was the year 2001, you know, and they had just been to the NCAA tournament finals in 1999 as a final four contestant. And, um, we were just amazed at the way these women played, And so it just sparked our interest. And so we became, we just started going to some games, just buying single game tickets. And then we started meeting people uh, and we found out about the Cagers Club and one thing led to another. And to make a longer story short, uh, my wife, Glennis, became president of the Cagers Club. She served from 2010 to 2014 as president. Um, And then from 2000. Uh, 14 onward, I was vice president. And then the last two years served as president, but we became very interested. And some of the great memories that I have were, and I've, I've got three that really topped the list. Obviously the 2007 tournament, when we went all, all the way to the finals, you know, starting off with East Carolina and then beating Michigan State on their home court in East Lansing. And then obviously who can forget the, the tremendous win in greensboro over duke who i believe was undefeated or number one in the nation at the time uh that was followed up by a pretty easy victory over arizona state to go to the final four and then you know meeting sylvia fowles at lsu uh kia vaughn just dominated her in that game and then of course we were in cleveland for the uh final game against tennessee and although it was a very tough tough game and we thought we could pull it out at the end uh, Tennessee was just a little bit too much for us. So that was obviously a very, very good year. Obviously, next on my list, as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Scaife, uh, who was my one of my scholarship recipients uh, in 2004, winning the WNIT tournament. You know, we started off with a great double overtime win against Seton Hall at the rack, then on to Bowling Green with a victory, then on to, down to uh, USF with a victory. And then we had to travel all the way to uh, El Paso to meet um, University of Texas, El Paso. And th- that was very interesting because the, their arena held 12,200 fans. And there were exactly 12,180 UTEP fans and about 20 <laughs> of us. And it, it was amazing. We were ahead by 16 points at the half. And although, you know, you never count your chickens until they're hatched, uh UTEP, to their credit, they, they, they actually went ahead with a, just maybe two minutes left in the game. And with the game tied and eight seconds to go in the game, with Rutgers getting the ball inbounds, the ball was inbounded to Tyler Scaife. And she dribbled the entire length of the court and made the winning basket to put Rutgers ahead for good with about two seconds to go. And uh, we stopped UTEP on their inbounds. And that was it. So it was just a great, and that was Tyler's freshman year. And as many people know, Tyler went on to become the second leading all-time scorer in Rutgers women's basketball history, um, uh, surpassing Cappy Pondexter. And finally, I'll just I just want to mention this one because it's it's personal for me. It, the date was January thirteenth, two thousand eighteen, against Minnesota at the rack. Uh, as I mentioned before, my, I mentioned my late wife, Glennis. She had just passed away in November of 2017 that year. And she was being honored posthumously that night on January 13th, 2018, as an honorary coach. And obviously, I was representing her, you know, on the court uh, that night. And it was a nip and tuck game back and forth between us and Minnesota. I think it was Tyler's junior year or maybe perhaps her senior year and um, it was nip and tuck back and forth all the way. And Tyler was coming down to try the last shot in regulation and uh, the ball skipped out of her hand, caused a turnover. One of the Minnesota players picked it up, saw one of her teammates at the very other end of the court all alone and we thought, oh my goodness, the game's over. But she missed a layup and we all, who knew Glennis said to this day, that was Glennis from heaven, slapping it away, saying, not on my night. And so the game went into overtime and we won in overtime by 10. We outscored them 12 to two in overtime. So obviously that a memory I can't shake because it was very for per- me that night.
1: Most definitely, Bob. So last one for me, for those right now thinking about joining the Cagers Club and supporting the women's basketball program, What's your message to them as to why they should take that next step and ultimately join the club and help the women succeed both on and off the court?
4: You will meet more people than, you, than you'll ever imagine in your life who just are passionate about women's basketball. So if you've been on the sidelines, you know, watching the games from home or watching in your seats at the rack or you know, watching on TV or whatever – and you haven't become part of the club, I urge you to join the club. You will to learn more about the game of basketball, about the Rutgers women's basketball team, all the ins and outs, the behind the scenes. You just can't imagine what these women and these student athletes go through to prepare for these games. We have a lot of fun at our huddles. We, we, I've met more friends through Rutgers women's basketball and the Cagers Club than I ever have in my life. I have lifelong friendships with these people, and it's just an amazing social event. Uh, and 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 I can't uh, uh, say enough about the club and what you will learn about basketball and 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 what it what it means to be a Cager member.
1: President of the Rutgers Cagers Club, Bob Manfred. Bob, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for the time, and of course, during this time, stay safe and most importantly, stay healthy.
4: Anytime, Lance. You do the same, and go are you.
1: I want to thank Bob, Martin, David, and Elliot for coming on the podcast, talking about the four booster clubs they represent, and for looking back on some of their favorite Rutgers athletics memories. I'm sure as we all listened to those memories, we all remember the exciting times of Nick and Anthony's national titles, the 2006 Louisville game, Rutgers women's basketball's run to the NCAA championship game, and all the excitement that this past men's basketball season brought. What stuck with me most upon speaking with all four of them is the common theme of relationship building that comes with all these booster clubs. All of them mentioned at one time or another in our discussion how many friends they've made through the clubs, all the events that give Rutgers fans the opportunities to socialize with other Rutgers fans, and the relationships that they've built just by being members. I think the Rutgers fan base is a real tight-knit community. You know, We have our disagreements on what is good for the programs and what is not, but we are always the first ones to back each other up when fans of other Big Ten teams try to put our athletic programs down. Our booster clubs are a great way to take that online friendship to an in-person one, of course in a normal year, while helping our programs be the best that they could be. Once again, it was a pleasure having David, Bob, Elliot, and Martin on to talk about the SKWC, Cagers Club, Court Club, and Touchdown Club. While college sports right now might be in a standstill, they and so many others do all they can to help support Rutgers athletics programs. And of course, they and so many others do their part to help achieve and maintain success in sports here on The Banks.